Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 359. Keep moving. Keep your vision. Stay on it. Work even when you're not inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Sean Cridlin. Sean, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go on a mile uh, through the Bonneville Salt Flats and beyond. <laughs> very cool. I like that. And by the way, listeners, today is Sean's birthday, so happy birthday to you, Sean. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Sean Cridlin owns visionsofpower.com, where he's an automotive photographer and journalist located in Hemis Springs, New Mexico. He's been an active member and participant in the Porsche Club of America as a writer and an autocrosser. His articles have appeared in Porsche Panorama Magazine, Excellence, 356 Registry, and the website flat6.com and Road Scholars Web Magazine. Sean's a member of the Motor Press Guild, the International Motor Press Association, and the American Society of Media Photographers. Sean, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Yeah, Mark. Well, for me, I was very fortunate to grow up in a little farm community about halfway between Lime Rock, Connecticut, in Watkins Glen, New York, and my dad was into sports cars and skiing. Those were our two family activities. So in the winter time, we were skiing every single weekend, and in the summertime, our family vacations included things like the Trans Am at either Watkins Glen or Lime Rock or uh, the Formula One Grand Prix or the Can-Am or the FIA Six Hour so uh, right from the very beginning, uh, I was influenced by uh, automotive stuff. And when I was a kid, a lot of my friends were into the ball sports, and they could name for you all the players on the on the baseball and football teams. I didn't know any of those names. I knew names like Jim Clark, John Sturdy, Dan Gurney, <laughs> Lorenzo Bandini, Ludovico Scarfiotti. To me, those were much cooler names anyway. Yeah. And uh, so for me, you know, my activity was more about the race cars than, and, and specifically about the international uh, race cars and the sports car set. Very cool. You were one fortunate kid. Very much so. Uh, as I've uh, told other people, we weren't wealthy, we weren't racers, uh, but we spent well. <laughs> Absolutely. Had some fun. And 
You know, before I get into the questions, one of the pictures you sent me, and now correct me if I'm wrong, you are strapped on top of a, looks like a Bonneville race car speed setting car of some kind, and you're strapped on the top in skis. Is is that right? Uh, Yeah, it sure is. That photo is from uh, the Bonneville Salt Flats, and that is the very famous Vesco family number 444 streamliner. I uh, was a ski racer all through my teen years and through my 20s, participating in a sport called speed skiing. And my rationale there was that because I couldn't afford to own a race car, I would be the race car. (laughs) And one of the ways that uh, people would train for that particular activity was on top of cars. And eventually someone figured that if you set a record, you'd get more sponsorship. And so uh, many of the Europeans were doing that. And and they pushed the record from somewhere around uh, 118 on top of a rally car to 126 on top of one of uh, Tom Walkinshaw's Jaguars. And I, uh, I just got inspired by that and uh, came home, made a few calls, got hooked up with the Vestos and went through the mile at 162 and uh, that was that. That's a 30-year-old record at the Bonneville Salt Flats. Oh, my gosh. Think about that, listeners. Strap yourself on top of a Bonneville race car. Oh, my goodness. That must have been exhilarating. Very cool. Very cool. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah, or the skis sliding in your case. So, Sean, take the wheel. Well, you know, back in my uh, ski racing days, I would say to turn is to admit defeat. But nowadays, what I say is keep moving. And I say that because, look, you know, as photographers, we carry a lot of gear. As writers, we sometimes get blocked. And really, it just comes down to keep moving doesn't matter how heavy the gear is, how hot the day is. When the light is there, the light is there. You've got to find the right spot. When you're uh, sitting at your computer late at night and you come to a block, uh, sometimes the hardest thing is just to put your key, your fingers on the keys and to keep moving. And that's what, I, that's what I think, and that's what I chant to myself over and over again. Keep moving. It's a great mantra. It's a great quote. I hear that from a lot of my guests here on Cars Jazz. You got to just keep putting one foot out from in front of the other. In your case, your fingers on the keyboards or your your finger on the shutter button. You just do something. You keep moving. Even people have been on the show who restore cars and have these long projects. Maybe it's even in their garage. If they just go out and do one thing that day, get one step closer to the end it's a good way to go so great mantra great quote i love that you talked about growing up in a family we were so fortunate i mean living near famous racetracks and and getting to go to see race cars drivers and events every weekend could you share a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and first, I have to give you an example of when I was not a car guy. Okay. I think the first event that my dad took me to was in 1962 at Lime Rock, and I was bored to tears. And this will tell you something about my dad. He was horribly disappointed that I didn't like sports cars. Mm -hmm. A couple of years later, they took me to the U.S. Grand Prix at Watkins Glen, and it just so happened that that's when Ford was very big and they brought all of their cars, their Le Mans racers, their NASCAR cars, their their dragsters, everything. And I got to sit in a Ford GT. Cool. A real one. Yeah. And they, I think they spent the whopping sum of $10 
to buy me a helicopter ride that took me over the course for three or four laps while the Formula One cars were practicing. Oh, my gosh. That did it. <laughs> I love it. So that moment, your dad had, had was a very wise guy that he got you engaged. He got you down there into the pits, uh, above the track, into an actual GT40, and, and you were bit. Very cool story. I'd love to crawl under the hood and talk a little bit about a challenge or a failure. Kind of take a trip down some of the roads that you traveled and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, sometimes uh, I guess the way my personality works is that people tend to think that I achieve things easily. And, and th that's, uh, I have to say, that's entirely appearance. And I find myself failing lots of times. Uh, and I don't mean by the week, I mean by the day. But a few things in my life have really kind of uh, kicked me back. And one of them was the end of my ski racing career. And that came when I was 31. I had been uh, very, very close to the very top level of uh, speed skiing, was thought to be the next world record holder. And the night before the world championship race, my back was so uh, badly bruised that I had to leave, go home, go into the hospital. And that was essentially the end of that career. And it was, it was a horrible a blow to me on, on every level. However, a year or two later, I found myself as a 32-year-old freshman in college. On that particular day, that, that freshman orientation, I thought that was the dumbest thing I had ever done. But it turned out that it was the best thing. And so even though that horrible failure from my speed skiing career was so painful, the education that I received over the next several years, not just in terms of the schoolwork, but in terms of traveling around, seeing things that I never would have seen otherwise, being involved with people that I never would have been involved with, and going on to get a couple sets of degrees and, and doing some other things, really changed my perspective on, on everything else that I had done since. Because we all have failures in life, and sometimes you have to go through that one really, really hard one, survive it, and then realize that, hey, you know, you can make it through. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing a really personal story. Uh, absolutely gut-wrenching, but I love the fact that you came out the other side and reinvented yourself, if you will, and that's how we get through these challenges is we reinvent ourselves and try new things and see new horizons, if you will. So awesome story. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment. I like to say it's a time when the headlights came on and illuminated your way for this new idea or this new direction that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. In, uh, in 2013, I had just finished up a stint as a PCA zone rep, and I knew that I liked writing, I knew that I liked photography, and I wanted to do something with it. And I cajoled Panorama editor Pete Stout to let me go cover uh, the 2013 Pikes Peak Hill Climb. That year was the year that Sebastian Loeb came with the supercar Peugeot. David Donner was there in a Porsche GT3. Jeff Swart was there with his fire-breathing turbo GT3, and I spent an entire month up on top of that mountain shooting cars and, and looking for every conceivable angle, uh, and, and then also interviewing, interviewing, interviewing. And at the end of that month, 
I felt as if I had actually achieved something photographically and, and writing-wise. And, and that was the moment where I said, ah, I can really do this. <laughs> you know, it's a great story. Jeff Zwart's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. And you, there's a, a great kind of metaphor here, if you will, with being at Pike's Peak, reaching the pinnacle, seeing the horizon, if you will. Wonderful story. I love that. Great experience. And uh, Pete Stout's going to be a future guest here on Cars. Yeah, I ran into him down at the Rensport reunion a few weeks ago. We got to spend a little bit of time together. So uh, two great guys in the Porsche world. I know you love Porsches as well. So that's great. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many as you've moved through your career, but is there one in particular you would share with us? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you do this kind of stuff, Every writer, every photographer knows that when you do something that that it's, it's very, very possible that the most recent thing you published could be your last. <laughs> it's just a reality of the business. Sure. But sometimes you have those moments when you feel as if you've actually been accepted. And I had a thing this past spring where I had the cover story on Excellence Magazine, which was the very first driver comparison of the Porsche 918 with the Porsche Carrera GT. Oh, yeah, um, I remember that article. That, uh, yeah. took some time to put together. Mm-hmm. I had in Panorama a uh, historical piece about the 1951 Souter Roadster, a car which was very instrumental in uh, the design of the Porsche America Roadster. In fact, some people think it's the prototype for the America Roadster. Mm. And in the 356 Registry magazine, I had a story about uh, career forecam guru Jacques Lefriant. So I had stories running concurrently in all three of the major American Porsche magazines. And to me, that was the trifecta. That was it, baby. I thought, okay, finally. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I subscribed to all those publications, and I remember all those articles. They were fantastic. And you're right when you feel like, wow, you know, I'm just, I'm up to bat, and I'm hitting everyone that comes across the plate. That's great. But I love also your comment that in this world of what you're doing, and in many careers, you're only as good as the last great thing that you did. So keep swinging. But uh, those were all great articles, by the way. Really exceptional job you did on those. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory that you have with that vehicle. (laughs) Well, I have to say that my first very, very special car was a 1988 black Ford Escort and GT. Black Ford Escort GT. (laughs) The GT is important uh, here. (laughs) Yes. It was actually the very first new car that I ever owned, and and maybe even the only one. But um, I took great pains to make that thing look really cool. So I peeled off all the Escort stickers and all the Ford stickers, and I and I had the windows blacked out, and I painted the wheels black. And that car was was the little black bomber, <laughs> and uh, and that car went everywhere, and it usually went. Uh, uh, everywhere in about 10 tenths of its capacity. And uh, it was just a wonderful car. I, I loved that little car. Um, and to this day, I, I, if I had won the lottery, I would recreate that car, but I'd put a Cosworth in it and I'd have it all wheel drive. <laughs> Very cool. I love it. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you really wish you could have back in your garage? Is it that car? It is that car. Yeah, yep. cool. It is. How about current projects? What are you working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? 
Oh, gosh. I have a, a number of projects uh, going right now. A couple of them involve reunions with cars and owners. And uh, one of them is a 356 here in New Mexico in which the original owner of the car got to drive it again, he said, after 42 years. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, he was overjoyed to drive it. We did a photo shoot with it, and and I chided him that he would make mistakes on purpose so that we'd have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep (laughs) doing it just so he could drive that car. And then another one was more recent. It was at uh, Rensport Reunion. It was a 57 356 Speedster. Uh, which a couple owned back in the early 60s. They got it from Bruce Jennings. The owner worked for Bruce Jennings. He proposed to his wife in the car. Wow. He had to set a, sell a set of wheels to buy the ring to propose to her with. <laughs> uh, Bruce Jennings helped him pick out the ring. And then, of course, eventually they, they had to sell it. Uh, they came to Rensport this year. The car was entered in the event. And they sat in the car for the first time in 52 years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, So, I mean, for me, uh, I work with exotic cars. Obviously, I work with modern cars, and and I work with historic cars. But for me, the most interesting stories really are the the people stories. You know, I hear that over and over again, and, and listeners, regular listeners here on Cars, yeah, have heard it over and over again. Yes, it's about the cars, but it's really about the people, the owners, the stories around the people. And this story of a couple getting to sit in a car again after 50 years, the car that they uh, were engaged in, if you will. Wow, what an awesome story. Great idea for a story as well. So fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Sean. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? And more importantly, why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as much as I would like to say that I would like to be a Formula One car, I'm I'm a big guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not that the character of a Formula One car. So really thinking about it, here here's what I would say. I'd be a first generation Hudson Hornet. Oh, cool. (laughs) And the reason that I would be that is because, uh, of course, it was a big car, but it was also a very smooth and and cool-looking car. And it had an incredibly uh, varied career. It raced uh, in NASCAR. It raced in the career of Panamericana. And uh, it figures largely in one of my favorite author's books, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Oh, yeah. Where Jack's character and his uh, other friends uh, are are blasting back and forth in the late 1940s, early 1950s, going to jazz clubs, meeting all kinds of crazy people and having all kinds of crazy adventures. And and, uh, so for me, all around, I have to say that that Hudson Hornet is probably the car that would express my personality the best. I love that. That's great. Great answer. That's why I like that question. It brings out some very interesting answers and of course it was one of the stars in the tv or movie the cartoon movie cars of course with the voice of paul newman the hudson hornet so i like that very cool well sean up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939 i've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute 
of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of MetroVac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. MetroVac is the right choice. Learn more today at MetroVac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com slash sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Sean, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I am ready. All right. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? It's advice that my dad gave me, and I think it's true then, and and it's true today. Lots of grease and oil. Lots of grease and oil. (laughs) Yes. Keep your vehicle lubricated, for sure. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Yeah. Never allow other people's perceptions on reality to cloud your own self-confidence and ambition. Ah, I love that. I can't tell you how many times I have said that I was going to do something or described a project and people looked at me sideways like, no, that's impossible. That's dumb. You can't do that. And it turns out that they're wrong. Yep. Yeah, they are. Do you have a resource that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? I have to say that my best and most original resource when it came to taking on this kind of career with the photography and the automotive journalism came uh, from Betty Joe and Leonard Turner, uh, the former editor of Porsche Panorama oh, yeah. and uh, the lead photographer. And they were early mentors and supporters, and they really helped to uh, encourage me and guide me along the way towards uh, taking on this activity. And whenever I have uh, a deep question that I, that I need a candid answer to, I always go to them. Yeah, you know, I've known Betty Jo for a long time. In fact, I'd like to get her on Cars yeah, as a guest. And wonderful people, great people, so helpful and so kind always, always with a smile over the phone. I've never met her face-to-face, but I feel like I know her because I've talked to her so many times. So great resource. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you think the Cars yeah listeners should crack open and read? Uh, yes. For me, another one of those things that was a, was a huge influence for me early on and relates back to the aha moment was a book that was published in 1965 
the text was by Ken Purdy, the legendary automotive writer, mm-hmm. and the photographer the photography was by Horst Bauman. Mm. And the book is called The New Matadors, and the photography was the most beautiful automotive photography that I had seen at the time, and uh, and I think it still is because it expressed the spirit, the life, the drama, the beauty of uh, the automotive racing world in a way that I had never seen before and have rarely seen since. Ah, great reference. It is a great book, and I'll remind our listeners that you can find this resource and all the resources that Sean has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Sean Cridland. There's also a great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books with easy links to this book and all the books from the past 350-plus guests who've been here on Cars Yeah. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? I know you were a skier back in the day, but are there other things you love to do besides photographing and writing about automobiles? I still love to ski. I love being outside. I live in a beautiful spot in New Mexico where I love to hike, and those are my main passions. Awesome. Great. Well, we're up to the checkered flag here, Sean, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to buy it for you. What would that one vehicle be and why? My one single collector car that you're going to buy for me and that I'll never sell (laughs) would be the Ferrari 250 LM. It's simply the most beautiful car ever made then or now. Some people could argue that the Ferrari 330p4 race car is more beautiful. Certainly it has some gorgeous lines, but there's something so uh, understated and purposeful and comfortable about the Ferrari 250 LM that won at Le Mans in 1965 in the hands of Jochen Rindt and Mastin Gregory. And whenever I see one of those cars, I melt. You know, it is a beautiful car, and it's so funny you mentioned this because just last night I posted up to the Cars Yeah Instagram account a photograph of a Ferrari 250 LM that I took on the Pebble Beach Tour back in August. It participated and was a car that was on the lawn. They are spectacular. They're just one of those cars, kind of like the GTO, and I'm sure there's many others we could talk about that were so iconic, but the fact that you could drive them on the street or drive them on the track and they won at racing events makes them special. So I'm guessing that's why you chose that. Absolutely. Yep. Sean, you've taken me on a great ride today and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Is there one parting piece of guidance you could offer us before you drive off into the sunset in your Ferrari 250 LM? I think my best piece of guidance goes right back to uh, what we talked about earlier. Keep moving. Keep your vision. Stay on it. Work even when you're not inspired. That does it. (laughs) Very good advice. I like that. Not unlike uh, any career, but uh, ties nicely into autosports as well. You just got to keep your foot to the floor and, and keep going through the turns. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? I would go to uh, my website, visionsofpower.com. I have all of my publications there as PDFs. I have my video work, my photography, a little bit about myself, contact information. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Sean's been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com. Just put Sean in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with links to everything we've discussed. Sean, again, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing 
your life and your experiences with me and the listeners on your birthday. That makes it extra special. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Great. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.